13-year-old Adam has made a lot of mistakes in his life, but this has to be the biggest. Thanks to a massive fight with his little brother Callum, the mysterious and magical computer algorithm Popularis Incrementum has exploded and accidentally transported them to a completely different dimension. One where they were never born and the internet doesn't exist and neither does any of the technology they know and love. Will the brothers survive in this strange altiverse where everything is the same but different? Can they stop an evil villain from sabotaging their dad's world-changing technology when in this universe their dad doesn't even know who they are? And most importantly of all, will they ever find a way back home? Adam Destroys the Internet is out now in paperback. Available from your local Waterstones or online at Waterstones. Hello, it is Sean here and it's time for another fun-packed episode of Fun Kids Meets, which is packed with fun and also interesting people. And amongst those interesting people, we welcome Bex to the Fun Kids Meets podcast. How are we doing, Bex? Hello, Sean. I'm all right. How are you? I'm very good. Who have you been speaking to this week? Well, quite a lot of people, but I assume you're asking who, for the purpose of this episode, is going to be included in the interview. With a laser focus on the next 15 or so minutes of noise, who are you chatting to? Right, okay, that makes more sense. I won't give you a rundown of all of the people I've spoken to this week. I will tell you, I have spoken to Jack Ryder, who is uh, an actor. Lots of parents might know him as an actor, but he's also an amazing author as well, don't you know? Now, parents will know him as Jamie Mitchell in very famous soap EastEnders, off of the past. And uh, now he's kind of like doing theatre direction and all that sort of uh, highbrow stuff now. He's really gone highbrow. I mean, I think he's also in Holby City as well. Parents might know him from that. But yes, he's gone into theatre direction and to, um, to basically having a lovely time being a children's author, which I think he is thoroughly enjoying. When his character died, it was the saddest Christmas day of all time. When his character died Spoiler on EastEnders. Spoiler alert, does it? Oh, my. Oh, in EastEnders, not in the book. In EastEnders. Well, no, I know the, I've read the book, obviously. <laughs> uh, EastEnders, yeah, but to be fair, I haven't really watched EastEnders. So um, I feel like that's a spoiler alert for like 20 years ago. <laughs> it is a spoiler alert for 20 years ago. So there you right, go. Okay, do, do what you will with that. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Uh, but he was a lovely man to chat to. Um, we had a lovely old catch up about his brand new book, which is the second in his series. And I hadn't read the first, which was okay. If you've not read the first, don't worry. It still makes perfect sense. Excellent. Well, give us a little uh, teaser on what the, the plot line is for this. All right, so in the book, you've got Jack and his pals. Uh, in the first book, they found a kind of magical house. In the second Ooh. book, they find a girl in the magical house Ooh. who turns out, and I, I, I don't want to ruin too much about it, but she turns out to be somebody he knows very well indeed, but she doesn't know him at all. That is That might be the best teaser I've ever given, Sean. That was, was the magic house in the first book? think it was yes and it pops back up again in the second book it's a kind of time traveling adventure kind of house uh full of magic <laughs> time traveling adventure house we love that we like to see that um right so for the fun kids meets bingo um i'm gonna go for the following now i know that jack Ryder is a newcastle united fan so i think there might be mm-hmm. some reference to the tune in there um he was like, I mean, it was ages ago, but you got to know that this was a very famous role that he played in EastEnders 20 years ago. So I reckon there might be a cheeky mention. You can't, you can't 
supply one of the saddest Christmases of all time in 2002 and not mention it 20 years later. Okay, sure. <laughs> and also, um, time-travelling influencers, because this seems like a time-travelling house, right? Mm-hmm. I want to know... I literally said that to you, Sean, yeah, yeah. I want to know whether Jack has got some influences um, from the time-travelling world that, like, sort of swayed his thinking on how he designed his time-travelling magic house. And you want to see if he's stolen the best bits of the TARDIS and popped them in his brand new book. Yep, all of those sorts of things. That's what I, that's what I want to know. Well, shall we uh, give the interview a listen and find out how well you've done? So here we go. This is when Bex met Jack Ryder. So I am joined right now by the actor and author Jack Ryder. Hey Jack, how are you doing? I'm very well. How are you? I am really good, thank you. I have just this very morning finished your second book and I really, really enjoyed it. It's the second book in your uh, Jack series, is that right? Yeah, it's kind of being called that now, the Jack series. Yes, it's uh, yes, the second part um, of the series and uh, yeah, it, it came out uh, a week ago. Yeah, very exciting. I, sh- I should probably give it the full title. It's the Jack Secret Summer Series and this one is called uh, Jack's Secret World um, and it kind of delves straight into into a Jack and his friends, right? Yes, absolutely. It um it sort of basically both books were written as one uh, entire book when I first wrote it. Um ah. so yeah, we spent a lot of time me and Hachette working out how we were going to sort of split the book into two parts. Um and yeah, obviously through the collaborative process it sort of took some turns and here and there and um it, yeah, it ended up being two books and yeah, this is the second part and it's it starts off straight after the cliffhanger at the end of book one, which everyone was sort of screaming about after they read the first book. Of, You're kidding me. Is that the end? I didn't even realise that was the end of the book. Are you joking? And um, so, yeah, they had to wait nearly a whole year for uh, for the next one to come out, bless them. But it's, but it's out now, so that's wonderful. Yeah, so the second book picks up. Uh, you've got Jack. He's had this uh, kind of adventure. He's found this girl called Blossom, and it kicks off straight away with her carrying on like this looking for her dad. Yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah, her dad's missing and um, the boys, uh, Jack, Bruno and Rocco, find her in this old empty house and they discover that the house is sort of full of magical secrets and all this strange stuff going on and they discover this door behind this wall of ivy. And so, yeah, the beginning of Jack's Secret World, they go into this into this new world um, and discover singing bees and, and, and woods and butterflies and all these, all these colourful things. And uh, yeah, they go in search for Blossom's father. I don't want to give away too much more i I don't want to reveal this is the problem isn't it i don't want to do spoilers here there's many mystery boxes in these books so it's very difficult to talk about them because there's lots of lots of mystery boxes to open yeah exactly that i don't want to give away too much although we we find out straight away uh jack's pretty savvy right he knows the deal and um he's a really good character to have there because he explains everything to you and also he's he's pretty clever he knows what's going on pretty pretty quickly yeah, I mean, yeah, it takes him in the first book. It takes him a while to figure it out. I think it. I think the the sort of moment, um, which we're obviously not labeling right now, what happens mm-hmm. in book one, but the moment he finds that out, it takes him some time. But I think that he ga- gathers that kind of momentum and that confidence through the first book. And I think, yeah, in the second, he's certainly a lot more on the front foot and sort of figuring things out for himself a lot more, definitely. And you also get to write about a very fun big breakout as well. That's quite exciting. Yeah, I mean that was that was the kind of one of the original ideas for the whole series really was I remember going to a few zoos and things. Actually, it was a trip to Bordeaux I had. I went to a market in Bordeaux. This is in France. Right. And uh, and there was a market stall and there was just loads of birds 
in cages and it was really kind of like back in the stone age vibe it was kind of like you know they were shoving these birds into these boxes and people were buying these live birds and I really felt for these birds being sort of caged up and and just given and you know shoved into cardboard boxes and the boxes were closed on top of their heads and they were just given over to these people who were going to probably boil them that night <laughs> and um and I and it was breaking my heart and I just the kid inside of me thought I'd really love to run over to that stall and kick every box open and free them all and uh, and that was the seed of the idea of you know some kids sort of going into a zoo and and freeing all the creatures that was this sort of uh, that was the impetus for all that I love it. Yeah, this is part of the, in the book, you've got Jack and his pals and they try and orchestrate a big zoo breakout. And it is quite exciting to see. And also, by the way, the illustrations are amazing. Yeah, Alice McKinley is just incredible. She's such a gifted illustrator and artist. And um, yeah, she came on board very early on. And, and, and as you can imagine, I was sent through emails and, and, and even hard copies through the post of some of the work she was doing and sketches and ideas. And it just blew me away. And what I loved so much about it is that, you know, obviously I've got my my sort of imaginative brain mm-hmm. working and, and doing my writing. But what's so lovely is when another energy comes on board, another vision comes on board. And sometimes they can present something to you that beyond your wildest dreams, you know, you sort of go, oh my God, I thought it was this, but actually this is even better. And Alice did that time and time again with just, just bringing through her drawings. And uh, yeah, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled with Alice's work and uh, she's wonderful. Because I think the combination of the illustrations and and your story, it feels kind of... Um, in a blight and like famous five going on an adventure type type vibe was that kind of what you were aiming for no it wasn't what we were aiming for um but obviously Hachette you know they look after the Enid Blyton estate and they've got all her books and uh so yeah there's some continuity there for them I think in terms of the, the tradition of their company but that wasn't what I was shooting for for me this story and all of the uh all the all of the little threads and all of the ideas came from my own kind of childhood and my own upbringing and the and the sort of the experiences I had growing up. So it really came from sort of firsthand experience, a lot of it for me. It's such a big, fun, magical book. I'm also, by the way, very impressed that you'd written enough for one book and they were like, let's split it into two because then you've got like, you know, you've got double the books for the one bit of work, right? <laughs> well, you say one bit of work, but uh, it's that <laughs> thing where, you know, once the uh, once they had accepted uh, the, the, the book as a whole and, and decided to split it into two, then a lot of work went into the structuring of all of that. And there was a lot of rewriting and there was a lot of restructuring. So, but that was exciting and that was a really wonderful process to go through because it taught me a lot about writing and a lot about the children's book world um so yeah it was a good experience to have quite early on did you always want to be a children's book writer was there something in the back of your mind that was like yeah I'd quite like to do this um it's interesting I, I always refer to um watching an uh, an interview it wasn't an interview actually it was a, it was a speech Steven Spielberg was giving to a load of graduates and he there was this moment where he said to them um make sure you always listen to the whispers and um, and I remember hearing that and thinking, oh, I wonder what, what the whispers are for me. And I believe that um, writing children's literature, writing children's books was uh, was the whisper in my ear. Over the years, working in theatre, directing theatre, writing short films and acting and all these things, I think the whisper in my ear was always leading to that place of uh, writing my own children's books, which is where I've got to now. Oh, I must remember that advice. That is uh, interesting advice. Listen to the whispers. Listen um, to the whispers, yeah. And have you or anybody else ever confused you for Jack in the book? Has somebody ever referred to the character in the book and you think they're talking about you? Is it confusing? Um, not really. No, it's 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 good. It's it's, <laughs> it's a funny one. I mean, obviously with 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 COVID and lockdown and everything, you know, we haven't been spending a lot of time 
outdoors with people. So <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's been a it's been an odd time to sort of release release a book in, in, in this time in the world. But um, no, there was a woman there was a woman the other day actually who who heard my name and, and referred to the books and was saying, "Is that you?" and all this sort of stuff. So yeah, I guess it was that will start to happen. I would imagine. <laughs> uh, now, for every author who comes to Fun Kids, we do a little quick fire round of questions. If that's okay to do with you right now, yeah, go for it. Awesome, just to get a bit of a feel for you as a, as a writer. I'll do my uh, best. First, yeah. Well, I believe in you. You got this. Right. <laughs> You're fine. Uh, the first one is generally every author gives the same answer, but let's see what you do. Uh, books mm. or Kindles? Books. There we go. <laughs> Straight on. away. Yeah. Heroes or villains? Heroes. Acting or writing? Writing. Oh, that one was especially for you. Uh, mm. Good to know. Film adaptation or TV adaptation? Film. Film. Oh, writing or reading? Writing. Oh, big, big fan of writing. Okay, Hogwarts or Narnia? Oh, Hogwarts. A laptop or write by hand? Um, God, that's a tough one. <laughs> I'm going to have to go through the middle there. I'm going to have to go through the middle. It's it, it, creating a balance with that. I think is really healthy. It's doing sort of half and half if you can. Yeah. Little sketches and then kind of going yeah, into the laptop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good skills. All right, uh, Jumbo or Dotty? <sighs> Jumbo. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Obviously, that was a question, again, just for you. I don't ask every author who comes up with this. It'd be great if you did. It'd be great <laughs> to hear like, what the answers are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but we'd do a little poll, I guess. Um, <laughs> do you write nine to five or do you write when you fancy? Um, I write when I can, actually. I, I have a one-year-old daughter at the moment, so life is pretty hectic. Um, but yeah, I try and get in at least uh, three hours a day of writing if I can. Wow, that's quite a lot. Um, Paddington Bear or Winnie the Pooh? Winnie the Pooh. That was the quickest answer I've ever had to that question. (laughs) And finally, the last one, the most important one, uh, I won't lie, is salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? (sighs) Salt and vinegar. Yes! Yes! I went really cockney when I said that as well. I went salt and vinegar. I kind of went a bit kind of Margate with that. Well, that's that's how much you believe in the answer, That's how much I believe in it. Yeah, that was very good. And I went... I won't lie to you, like you can answer anything for all of those questions. That is the one I care about, the, uh, the big question. <laughs> it sounded like it, yeah. Yeah, you, you passed it with flying colours, don't worry. Oh, lovely Jack. Very nice man, uh, really chatty, really fun. And <laughs> read, lo- like we always get um, a, a, an author to read their book, a little bit of their book, you know, a few pages. Yeah. Um, and he very kindly read loads of his book to us to the point where it was lovely. It felt like I was listening to an audiobook. I was just sat there kind of like, la, la, la. Um, he read probably um, the first, I think, 30 pages mm. of his book. And um, that'll be on the Fun Kids Bookworms podcast very soon. If you want basically free half of a book, then tune oh, wow. into that. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's like loads. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he was super nice and super lovely. Very, very happy that he uh, spoke to us. Excellent stuff. Let's get down to the Fun Kids Meets Bingo. Mentions of Newcastle United. Uh, you know, the thing is here, Sean, no mentions in the actual interview, but off air, we did talk about Newcastle because I was in the northeast when I was interviewing him and uh, he told me he's got family up there. So we had a little chat about uh, about the northeast area and stuff like that and about the, the seasides and things. Um, but no actual mention in the interview of Newcastle United. I'm so afraid. I'm going to I'm going to let this be at your discretion here. Do I get any points for that? No, because we didn't talk about Newcastle United, so... Boo. Um, <laughs> EastEnders. I think, in the interview, remember rightly, we... I mentioned he was an actor, and he mentioned at one point he had gone very East End when he said something, but I don't think we 
explicitly mentioned EastEnders, which is weird now I'm thinking about it. Another technicality there. Yeah. Sorry, no points Sean. for Sean there either. No, I'm being very strict this week. No wow. points. Have mm. you ever seen anything like it? Mm. And time traveling influences. Well, I hate to say it, Sean, but it's it's zero for three this week. It's zero for three. It's a nightmare for your old pal, Sean. We oh, hate you to got see none. it. We hate to see it, but also I've been quite mean to you. I've been very strict, but hey, if we're going to play a game, let's play it right. And by playing it right, you lose. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. You're not. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say it though, Sean. But he. But Jack was very fun, very lovely, and um, yeah, his book is is a bit of an Enid Blyton slash Roald Dahl kind of adventure, I would say. Oh, excellent mm. stuff. Very nice. Um, well, thank you very much, Bex, for bringing Jack Ryder into our lives. Oh, always. I'll always bring anybody I know into your life, Sean. Um, I hopefully we'll see you soon. And I will see you soon too. Uh, you can make sure you smash that subscribe button to make sure you follow the Fun Kids Meets podcast channel so you get served up interesting people each and every week. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye. Thirteen-year-old Adam has made a lot of mistakes in his life, but this has to be the biggest. Thanks to a massive fight with his little brother Callum, the mysterious and magical computer algorithm Popularis Incrementum has exploded and accidentally transported them to a completely different dimension. One where they were never born and the internet doesn't exist and neither does any of the technology they know and love. Will the brothers survive in this strange altiverse where everything is the same but different? Can they stop an evil villain from sabotaging their dad's world-changing technology when in this universe their dad doesn't even know who they are? And most importantly of all, will they ever find a way back home? Adam Destroys the Internet is out now in paperback. Available from your local Waterstones or online at Waterstones.